Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Man of Post Weekend Review Show. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me as always, we have Simon and David. How are we, chaps? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Very good, thank you. Gentlemen, we have our very first sponsor this week. I will pass you over to me to tell you all about it. Just a a quick advert interruption here for you. I'm your host, Ali, as you've heard me as we introduced the pod. Just to let you know that this podcast is supported by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Champions of the world, you may say. Manscaped offers precise engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped have just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And with this, we have an exclusive offer for you. Enter the code MOTP at checkout at manscaped.com. And you will receive 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Now, gentlemen, I don't know if you knew much about Manscaped prior to this, um, but I am a current customer of Manscaped, so to get the 4.0 from them, it's been an absolute delight. Simon, as a bald man yourself, um, you must be delighted with this, to see this. Stop using your, your shiny balls and your shiny head. Can't use the same razor for both. You certainly can't, no, and uh, I do need something to to keep what little hair follicles I have trimmed down, so it sounds right up up my street, this. It's the, like, this is, it's genuinely, it's it's, like, Dave, you said it before, it's it's a weird conversation to have, just men talking about balls. Like, it's it's, it's something we all go through, nobody wants to nip their balls with a set of clippers and have blood dripping everywhere. Anybody who who does trim downstairs, it's, it's a product worth looking at. Definitely look into manscaped.com. Check out their products. There's a wireless charging. There's there's a light on it if you want to be strange or surprise your wife. She will thank you in the end. Um, but if you try to do it in the dark, you try to sneakily do it. As I say, look, when you get to check out, um, use the code MOTP, man on the post, manscaped on the post, um, at checkout, and you will get 20% off and free shipping. And as we say, your balls will thank you. Back over to the guys. Well, chaps, what a weekend of football. But before we get started, it's the Simon v. Dave quiz. But we're going to go with a little twist this week, chaps. I'm going to make it easy on you after last week. <laughs> no no Scottish football, no Welsh football, no no Irish Gaelic hurling league. Um, I'd like you to cast yourselves back to the 19th of December, 2015. It was Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Anybody know the score? I believe it was 1-1. One, one. 
Oh, Dave, you might be in trouble. Just I still remember this game as much as Dave. Oh, I remember that. I, I, I remember the old uh, Sam Young two-yard out header, which he put wide. Precious <laughs> oh, memories. God, yeah. Precious, yeah. precious yeah. memories. Oh, right. Well, so in this game, obviously you had your 11 starting players. Now, Newcastle made three subs and Aston Villa only made the one. So we're only going to take your first sub in this day, game, Dave, OK? So there's okay. going to be 12 players available for each team. Taking it in turns, obviously naming the the 12 players involved, we'll use the, just the registered substitutes, just as a, as a little tiebreaker anyway, OK? Thank you, So, first things first, Dave, you won last week, so heads or tails to see who goes first? Uh, tails, please. And tails it is. First or second? Uh, I will go first, please. Right, name your first player. Can I go from either team? No, no, it's got to be from your team. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, we will go with um, Colaccini as he scored our goal. Indeed. No bonus points for the goal, though, Dave. Simon, first player. <sighs> well, this was the year we went down, so I pretty much blocked all of these players out of the line. I know that George Nayu scores the goal for us, so I'll, I'll assume that he was playing. So, yeah, George Nayu. Yeah, one one. So that's the, that's the that's the score finished. <laughs> right, Dave. Player number two. Uh, I'll say Sam De Jong because of the aforementioned miss. Yeah, two one. Dave Simon. Probably we'd have had Guzan in goal, I think. So Brad Guzan. Yep, two two. Uh, Wijnaldum. Indeed, a Liverpool legend. Three two. Go, Julian Lescott. Indeed, number sixteen centre back. Um, Paul Dummett. Yes, left back. Was he all guarded in the game? Mm, of course he was. <laughs> Four three Dave. Um sounded like the French players that summer. I'm trying to remember what the names were. <laughs> um Ah uh, Jordan Verito. Indeed. Four four. Um Sissogo, he was always playing and always a waste of space. Indeed he was, the the number seven legend. <laughs> Five four Simon. Ashley Westwood. Ashley Westwood, yes. Yellow card in the game as well. We'll go with um, Jack Callback. Indeed, yes. Simon, mm. I now. I feel. Let's go for the Scottish Cafe, Alan Hussle. <laughs> he, he was indeed. It made me sick when I when I pulled this lineup up. <laughs> <laughs> made me sick watching it. Liam <laughs> might have been at right back. He was indeed. Yes, number 22. Oh God, I'm struggling now. <laughs> um, I'll go for the man who wanted to leave us to play in the Champions League, Leandro Bakuna. He was. Played left back that day. Jesus Christ. <laughs> number no seven. wonder we went down. Trying to think he been up front for us. I'm going to go with Cece. Indeed, it was. I'm going to assume it if it was banned or something. Like it's probably a fair bet. <laughs> go Idrissa Gay. He was indeed, yep. How did we ever sign him? <laughs> oh, Dave. Uh, how many have we got left? Two, three, I believe. Two right. And the substitute. I've even given you a clue there. Well, we'll go with... Um, who would have been a centre-back? We'll go with... Uh, or who was the smallest centre-back? Oh, um, Bemba. Indeed it was, yes. So you have one starting player and one substitute left. Simon, you have two starters and substitute. 
the defenders we had then? Oh, we had a little fella. What's his name? <laughs> oh, uh, Akore. Indeed. I take it back, Dave. You have two starters and a substitute. All right, OK. I haven't named a goalkeeper yet, have I? <laughs> yes. No. All right. Um, this is the season where, like, all our goalies got injured. Oh, right, OK. And I'm going to go with Rob Elliott because... Oh, on the money. Yeah. On the money. Tiny yes. Rob. Yeah, so, Simon, you have still two first-team players and substitute to go. Bloody hell. Scott Sinclair. Scott Sinclair it was. Celtic legend. Struggling. <laughs> um, one starter, Dave, and one substitute. I'm going to say Vernon and Nita because he plays in lots of positions. And I'm not totally familiar <laughs> with what's left. <laughs> oh, on the money. Oh, uh, yes. You have oh, you named just 11, Dave. That is you nailed on. There will be just a substitute left for you if Simon can get his last player of the 11. Or the substitute, obviously. What, what, can you, can you tell me what position he was? No. No. Right, Uva says, <clears throat> I've only named the one striker, so I'll go... Name both strikers, technically. Have I? Clue that I shouldn't have given you. According to your lineup, you've named both strikers. Bloody hell. Um, Rudy Gasset. <laughs> that is your substitute. Bloody hell. I, I thought he was giving the strike. Who, who played up front then? According to the lineup, the strikers are Scott Sinclair and Jordan Ayew in this game. Christ. <laughs> so, Dave, you just have your substitute while Simon has one member of the 11. Can you name your substitute, Dave? I mean, I'm, I'm going to say Perez purely because he hasn't been mentioned yet, but I'm assuming he must have, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm surprised he wasn't playing, to be honest. But <laughs> No. Now, this is where I feel bad for you because he was one of your substitutes in this game, but he wasn't the first one. But oh, what? I mean, only need one substitute. I had to level up somehow. <laughs> so, yes, you did come on. So, Simon, to win the game, can you give me your last player? <sighs> Pretty hell. Um, midfield, we had Gay Westwood, Berato. Oh, God. Oh, no. Was he still there? Oh, fuck it. Might as well have a guess. Um, Carlos Sanchez. Oh, on the money. On the money. Bloody hell. Everyone. Dave, your substitute was a player that you mentioned earlier but said he would be suspended. Oh, Mitro. Mitrovic came on for CC in the first half. I can't, I can't believe I've lost a quiz where I've named the entire start 11 and one of the three sources <laughs> <he used. laughs> And then uh, and na- named another who like you know, wasn't in the start 11. Yeah. I feel like... Uh, uh, CC must have got injured in the 30th minute when he came off for Mitrovic. Um, I, I just knew that was the bit that was going to let you down. When you <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> um, well done, chaps. That was like that is impressive. I don't know if I could do that about any Liverpool eleven at any point. Not even to, I don't think I could name today's eleven <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, something different. So I, I might try and bring a couple of those more back rather than the, the quiz series moaning at me. Um, but on to real football, Simon. Um, and I'll come straight to you and Friday night's game where this scoreline actually flattered Villa at 3-1 <laughs> Arsenal. Um, what, where, why, how? Well, what? I mean, 
we, we all know that Arsenal are a great team. I mean, we've praised them <laughs> plenty of times on this podcast. So, um, no, it was, it was, it was really, really bad. Um, after the collapse against Wolves last week, I was really expecting reaction. And obviously the last three games we played against Arsenal, we'd won all three of them. So, you know, we, we, we're more than capable of beating them. And then you, you saw them against Crystal Palace on Monday night and they were lucky to get a point there. So you're just sort of thinking, get into them, get at them fast. The crowds will start to go a bit. But it, we just didn't turn up at all. I mean, that, that first half was one of the worst I've seen for a while. I think the year we stayed up, I think we played the last game before the lockdown against Leicester and we were dreadful that day and that was as bad as we've been since then. In that first half, yeah, just it was just so bad to watch. I mean, to, to go in two 0 down at half time, we were lucky. That was only to Arsenal, just all over us. I, I think I, I tweeted after the game. Sometimes you'll play a team that just plays better than you on the day, and you can kind of accept that. But what you can't accept is being bullied and to be bullied by Arsenal as well, who are just like a notorious soft touch. It's pretty unforgivable, really. Um, did the formation, we had a bit of joy with it a few weeks ago when we first started playing it, but obviously the last few weeks it hasn't quite worked out. And I think you, just because it's worked for one or two games doesn't mean it's going to work all the time. We had Leon Bailey on the bench. He came on at half-time and made a bit of a difference because he'll get the ball and run at people and he'll try to make things happen. So if you've got someone like that, I don't know why you wouldn't utilise him. Ings and Watkins just isn't working, and Watkins all season hasn't really looked on it. To be fair, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. But the midfield was, it was it offered absolutely nothing. So it was just a really, really disappointing performance. Um, it's just frustrating, shit way to start the weekend. The only bright spot was Jacob Ramsey. Finally, he got his first goal for us, and it was a lovely goal as well. So. Hopefully that might kick him on to, to get a few more goals this season. But other than that, there's, there's just nothing positive that you can take out of that game as a Villa fan. Yeah, it's it's Dave. It's a it's a hard watch when Arsenal are the are the bullies in a ninety minute game. Yeah, I mean they played well. Um, Smith Rowe in particular obviously got his, his goal and his assist, and he, he had had a brilliant game. Um, um, we've said for weeks now, Villa really need to ditch the, the back five. There was, mm. there, was a, there was a need to use it the way it was probably Chelsea when you first used it. Yeah. I don't understand that, but, but since then, you know, since uh, you've, had, you've had the two strikers back, I think it's been a bit of a convenient out for, for Smith. Um, plus, obviously, all your wingers have also been injured, which hasn't, hasn't helped matters. Mm. Um, but as you say, now Bailey's back. Um, I'd be amazed if you don't go back to your back four um, and just try and if it means Watkins or Ings doesn't play, I think that's the way it's going to have to be, because it, if shoehorn them in isn't getting the results, you just need to go back to basics, and that's putting round pegs in round holes. So um, I imagine that'll be what happens next, because I'm starting to worry a little bit about whether Villa have sort of outgrown Dean Smith. Um, he's got players now who are you know, far higher the ability than he's ever really had before, not just Grealish like, as a squad. You've got quite a lot of options there now, and I'm not sure Smith's really got that much experience of managing players at that level. I don't know if you and the rest of the Villa fans are on a similar DNA side, or is it? Well, 
Um, well, if if Twitter's to be believed, then everyone wants him out. But we all know that's uh, you know it's a small sample size. Really, it's not reflective of the fans that go to the ground. The, the way I'm with Smith at the moment is, I, I think he's got enough credit in the bank to be given uh, a bit longer. Because, you know, three three weeks ago, we come off the back of a good performance at Chelsea, a good win against Everton, a good win against United. So everything was looking rosy there. Obviously, now the last three results haven't been great. But you can't, it's one of those, you don't want to overreact and get too high when it's good and get too low when it's bad. So I think I think he, he's not in any danger from the owners or anything at the moment. If, say, come February time, we're still as inconsistent and, and in the lower half of the table, then I think he might be in a, a bit of trouble. But I kind of, to be fair, I, I sort of had thought that we will probably come on stronger in the second half of the season, purely because of, um, you know, sort of new players coming in and also having to get used to playing a different way than we've done for the last three years, which was all put through Grealish, so there's there's good players in that squad. I agree with you, obviously, this is the highest level that Smith's been at in terms of uh, the, the the quality of the overall squad, but we've progressed every season with him, so I think he deserves the chance to show it, but I think it, it could be a, a make-or-break season for him, but I, I think we, we, we would have to finish in the top eight, I think, for him to be given to go ahead to carry on then into next season. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with both of what you are saying. Um, the Villa owners, don't they? They, they own, is it the Timberwolves in NBA? Uh, no, I think it's um, the Bucks. The Bucks, is it? Yeah, and I, I knew it was the team. They, they are quite a ruthless bunch as well. Like they, they, They're not a team who are just quite happy to sit middle of the road. You know, they are very ambitious. Um, and they will invest money, and they have invested money. In fairness to to them, you you have spent you've spent well, at least as well as spending, you know, quite big for a not a club the size of Villa, because it makes it like you're a, a small club. But you know, for like that that middle of the middle of the league team, you've spent mm. quite big, you know, compared to others around you. But I I kind of I kind of agree with Dave though on the point that I think I mean his I think Dean Smith's level is. Maybe that you know that eighth, ninth in the league, and, and that's that's a great level to be at. I just think Villa, with the with the players that they're signing, the the players that they've got, and if they can put a run together, they they should be aiming to get at least into that you know the Europa League slots at the moment anyway. Sorry, Ali. Um, go on. I'll I'll chime no, in. No, carry on. Yeah. The other point I was going to make was they made a big thing a few weeks ago about how Villa had hired a set-piece coach, um, and that had worked <laughs> out quite well, but I don't think we stopped them going at the other end. So, Yeah, well, to, to be fair, though, that on the Villa podcast that I did, we were sort of talking about that and like saying, was it a concern? But up until the Wolves game last week, we had been quite good at defending them, so it's... You know, if if this, if this if this that trend carries on in the next six or seven games, then then I think you, you can sort of look at it. But one one or two games, I, I can cope with that for the time being. Who who's your next run of fixtures against Sam? So the next four, we've got West Ham at home next Sunday, which is going to be tough. Uh, we've got Southampton away, Brighton at home, Palace away are the next four. So there's tough games, but there's winnable games in there. 
So and and so out of those four games, how many how many points do you reckon is acceptable, um, or should you be hoping for? I think we should be aiming for a minimum of seven. I think um, seven, seven out of twelve. Yeah, you take that. Um, I think, as you say, I think the team are only going to get or should only get better as the season goes along. As you say, new players, new system, blah blah blah. But yeah, but but that 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 first half would be a worry. Like that that cannot yeah. that cannot happen again. Yeah, well, I was speaking to uh, a couple of other fans on the Saturday. I think it was Saturday evening, um, and they they were almost glad that Aubameyang scored the penalty. Well, the the rebound because it, like they didn't want the team to go in only at one 0 because <laughs> it would have almost papered over too much of the cracks. Not that much even changed after that anyway, but like it would have almost been like a. I can't even remember how what they said to describe it, and but it completely made sense. You know, you just yeah, like when you're bad, you, you almost want it to be that bad that something gets made, dra- you know, changes get made, and it's like almost like look, wake up to this. But yeah. if, you're, if you're only going in one nil, and I mean, I don't fancy any <laughs> any player stepping up against Martinez from twelve yards, but like oh, his record's great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they said if you can get um, El Ghazi taking the penalties, every penalty, and Martinez in goal, you would never lose a penalty shootout. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was just it was one of the f- worst first half performances by any team um, that we've seen in a while. I mean, we'll come on to one maybe later on. <laughs> um, but I mean, on the Arsenal side, um, like Arsenal were were good and they. they as we mentioned the first half of the assignment, they were good for a good three or four goals that half, had it not been for for Martinez and um, and to be fair to Conza and, and Mings, I don't often praise Mings, but I thought Mings was all right in that first half as well. You know, he did, you know, what he needed to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, Arsenal were good. I mean, to be fair, I, I know we we sort of enjoy knocking them and having a go at them. They they have got some good players in there. What what you'll get with Arsenal is games like uh, that first half against Tottenham a few weeks ago, and the first half on Friday night where they can look excellent. But then you'll also get a performance that they put in against Chelsea or uh, Man City at the start of the season or Brentford where they'll just completely fall apart. And that's I think a combination of uh, quite an inexperienced starting eleven and a manager who's probably a bit out of his depth as well. But, you know, as, as a Villa fan, so just watching that, you couldn't really knock how well Arsenal are playing. You've got to give credit where it's true, and, and they were excellent. And I think we helped them out quite a bit as well. No, absolutely. They're, Arsenal's next run of games are quite interesting as well. They've got their way to Leicester, home to Watford, way to Liverpool, and then obviously home to yourselves, Dave. Um, you... I, I mean, I still fancy them to struggle at Leicester and, and Liverpool. Um, I mean, your thoughts against them, against obviously yourselves and Watford? Um, I don't think I'll have too much trouble with either team, to be honest. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I was I kind of said this about Arsenal at the start of the season, and it wasn't really fair to do as them having lost to Chelsea and Man City. Um, they've proven they can beat the bottom feeders in the league. You know, they, they beat Norwich, um, they beat a couple of other pretty average teams. Um, I've no doubt they'll beat Watford. So they'll beat us without question. Um, but in between those, they go. They, you know, they go to Liverpool. They go to Man United, and you wouldn't fancy to get results there. Um, the chasm between certainly them and Liverpool is massive. Um, Man United will come on to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, 
yeah, they, they don't stack up well against the very best teams, but they're more than capable of, of running over the smaller teams. Well, we'll move we'll move off that game just to, to ease Simon's pain a little bit. Thank um, you. We'll, we'll go on to one of those smaller teams in the early kickoff on the Saturday, um, which was Chelsea seven, Norwich no. Um, maybe there's some pu- supercomputers onto something about Chelsea. <laughs> good, by the way, um, this was embarrassing. How is this Norwich manager um, is getting away with managing the Premier League? Um, they should almost just suspend them for it. If they want to keep them for the championship, they should almost just suspend them for a year. Um, and then just bring them back when they get relegated. But uh, Mason Mount with a hat trick. Uh, ben Chilwell continues his scoring form. Uh, Hudson Odoi, Reese James. Uh, that's in a Max Aaron's own goal. Um, cracking hat trick for the returning Mason Mount. Was this his first game back from injury, Dave? Oh, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't really know what Chelsea do. They just seem to oh, have like yeah. endless reserves of players to bring in. Um, I mean, what can you say? Like Norwich looked everything like the worst team in the league. Chelsea ran over them. The spread that goes around amongst the team, like you know, the wing back score, <laughs> the attacking mid gets a hat trick. Like you know, it's kind of difficult to <laughs> to, uh, to to pen them down. Like you know, they're just a very efficient football team, and if they play against a very poor team like Norwich, and they're going to win heavily. For all it was a handsome win, you cannot really say well. Oh, yeah. I now think Chelsea are better than I did last week. I mean, <laughs> they just battered us like a very poor team who got a man sent off, and it was the most like because he was on a yellow card. Like this was a guy who did not want to play any further part in this match or the next match. <laughs> like this is the, this is waving the white flag over us all. Um, I think Fark Fark has won something like five yeah. in forty-seven or forty-six Premier League games. Yep, that's like, the start I've seen as well. Yep, that's. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, not great, is it? Um, th- their next five games lead Brentford, Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle. Um, the one thing you would say is they've had a, a really rough start this season. I think they've played um, maybe all of the big, maybe five or six of the you know the, the top six teams, um, which is you know pretty rough going in, in the first nine games. But um, it, it's really really make or break for them now. Um, Leeds at home next week. Leeds are dropping like flies. I'm sure we'll come on to them later on. But they're um, they weren't good to begin with, but they seem to lose a key player every week, so maybe that'd be a chance for Norwich next week. If they don't win that, uh, I think they can start preparing for life in the Championship. I think they already have. Um, <laughs> I mean, Simon, the, the only notable thing you had for, for Chelsea in this, Ross Barkley's still playing for Chelsea in this game. Yet, <sighs> Villa fans hated him last season. Tell me how this is happening. I don't really know. <laughs> I, I can't... <laughs> I can't understand how he's still playing, and I think the fact that he's sort of come on and getting a bit of game time really makes the signing of that Saul from wherever they got him from an odd one because he's not getting any. If Barkley's getting game time ahead of you, you may you're not doing something right, are you? At Chelsea, for the yeah, very strange to see him playing for Chelsea. I, I forgot they signed him. <laughs> <laughs> it was when you mentioned him I went and checked the lineup to see where he was yep there he was on the bench along with the, the other one billion pound worth of talent that they have there um, <laughs> like as you said Dave there's not really much we can take from this game like, arguably you know not arguably one of the best teams in the league one of the most expensive teams in the league beat the hands down worst team in the league comfortably um, yeah we didn't learn anything new I think we all agree Chelsea are going to be right up there 
come the end of the season and Norwich are probably going to be where they are. Possibly in the same amount of points <laughs> at the end of the season. Uh, we'll just we'll move along to the next game, Dave, then I'll pass it straight over to you. With a Crystal Palace 1, Newcastle 1. Christian Benteke and Callum Wilson with the goals. Um, Benteke we won disallowed just just before full time as well. Um, how was the game? Hmm, it wasn't great to be honest. Um, we had we had something like twenty five percent possession, um, and for some reason Palace just cannot win games. Um, every time I see them, they seem to play reasonably well, but they've only won once in nine games. Um, maybe this is why. Um, I mean, the the goal they got disallowed, and fair enough that they have. Pulled Kieran Clark out of the way, but I don't know why they bother because Benteke, when he gets a run on you like that, probably going to jump you regardless. So um, it's an odd thing to do. But uh, for us, we're, we're just treading water, awaiting, you know, whatever happens next. New manager, whatever it's going to be. Um, Jones has been given two games. We've had one now. We've got Chelsea at home next weekend, which is uh, thanks very much. And then. Uh, <laughs> We should have a new manager in place by our next game, which is Brighton away, um, which is not the nicest place to start, but uh, I guess we'll just have to see who it is. But the strange thing is with with, with this is that by now normally there's a, a clear favourite. Now Fonseca's odds came right down in the week. He's obviously been interviewed, um, but the story seems to be that plenty of other people are also going to be interviewed this coming week, uh, and then they'll decide who it's going to be. So... I don't know who it's going to be, but I guess we'll find out. So not on the, the who do you think it's going to be, Dave. Any preference on who who you want it to be? Well, like uh, everybody else, um, I've spent the week watching videos of various managers and how they set their teams up. <laughs> um, I, I love the idea of Fonseca. I love the way he approaches the game. Um but we haven't got the players for it, quite frankly. You know, he seems to like to plough from the back. And other than Fabian Shea, who hasn't had a hasn't had a kick basically this season. Um, you know, I can't imagine Kieran Clark's going to thrive in that environment, or even <laughs> even even, even Lascelles. So um, it's it's a nice long term, but short term we need to stay in the league. So um, I'm not sure. The name doing the round at the minute is, is Ten Hag from Ajax, um, because we've approached, well, allegedly approached Mark Overmars to be the director of football, who they're now a pair at Ajax at the minute. Um, and I mean, I think that's probably a bit fanciful because I think you can probably get, you know, better offers, to be quite honest with you, but, um, he plays great football with Ajax, when all Ajax managers do, really. Um, so I would, I would like him, of course I would, but, uh, I'm not sure he's that realistic. Um, what I want to avoid, though, is the Lampards and Gerrards of this world who yeah. I just don't think are, are, are ready for the job and the potential spending power that's, that's going to be coming. Um, both are relatively inexperienced. Uh, certainly Gerrards obviously never managed in the Premier League uh, and Lampards had a time with a, you know, what was a pretty good Chelsea team. Um, but it's, it's not enough for me. So um, I think foreign is the way to go, um, but... I'm, I'm kind of just trusting to their judgment that they're going to come up with someone good. Uh, Simon, I mean, I mean, back in the football, your old boy Christian Benteke getting getting in with the goals again. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice for me to see, to be honest. And I think last season uh, on this part, I mentioned one week saying it was I found it quite sad watching him struggle because I remember how good he was at Villa. Um, when he's when he's full of confidence. And, and he's playing well. He's, he's a very, very hard striker for defenders to try and stop. He's so powerful, especially in the air. 
Um, you know, he, the goal that he had disallowed, or that got disallowed, I think, I don't remember, someone else made the foul. But he was a brilliant header, and the goal he scored was, you know, a really good one as well. So, if if they can get him, keep him confident and, and keep him firing as, like, the sort of focal points for the other talents around them, it, it, it could be could be quite fruitful for them as the season goes on. Yeah, um, it's kind of hard to, to argue. I, I will argue the fact that he was only ever good against Liverpool for you guys. Um, I'm sure it was when he played against Liverpool and Lover and he turned into the, the greatest number nine in the world. I don't know who that says more about, though. Um, but, like, I mean, on Palace in general, um, they are doing everything but winning this season. You know, they are playing quite well because they're almost like a, it's almost like a newly formed team. Vieira's got them playing quite well. And I definitely don't think they're going to go down. I don't think they're in any danger whatsoever. Um, but I've been mightily impressed with, with Vera overall so far. I don't know what you guys think. Yes, I feel like they, um, in previous years, have kind of like pandered to Zaha and just, you know, get the ball to Zaha and he'll make things happen. And if he does, great. And if he doesn't, then they'll probably lose. But now they, they seem a lot more balanced. Mm. I mean, obviously, he, he, he came off the bench yesterday and so I think he's been ill or, or injured or something. But, um, you know, they, they were no worse off for it. Um, they've got a good mix of players now. You know, obviously, Benteke, you mentioned, but. Edward seems to be doing quite well. Um, Conor Gallagher, Elise, um, they're, they're all you know, very different players to Zaha, and they, they seem better for it overall. Is uh, is Gallagher a loan signing, or did he sign permanently? He's on loan from uh, from Chelsea, Chelsea, but you know, yeah. if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be saying, well, I'd much rather be seeing him getting minutes for us than the yeah. Barkley. So even Loftus Cheek to an extent, who kind of have had their time, um, and I think. I think I mentioned on the pod last year, Gallagher was brilliant for West Brom. Um, in the games I saw him, I thought he was he was very good. Uh, um, but they obviously decided another year on loan was the answer for him. Yeah, I mean, it's probably best for him. I mean, hopefully it was a, a choice he made that was better to go and get, you know, regular 90 minutes rather than the odd 5-10 minutes here and there because, as we just mentioned with the Chelsea squad, it's just it's so deep, um, especially in that midfield mark. The lack of minutes he would have got, he's definitely gaining more playing, you know, week in, week out at Palace. Um, and as you say, Dave, that's for Newcastle. It's almost just trying to, you know, we have the new manager, the director of football, and then holding on till January till you can you can strengthen really um, and see what. Yeah. Comes well, that's it. I mean, our games are the obviously Chelsea next week's going to be rough, and then Brighton, uh, Brentford, Arsenal, Norwich. It's We've got Norwich and Burnley back-to-back home games. Um, That's the ones you need to sort, win. Sort of end of November, start of December kind of time. A new manager should be in, you know, and be well and truly bedded in by then. So yeah. we need six points from those two games. I think that's apparent already. But uh, we just need to keep in touch in the meantime until, as you say, we can get to January and hopefully get some, some new blood in. Yeah. Um, next game up, which I can't believe isn't the funniest game for me <laughs> this weekend. We have Everton 2, Watford, hold on, wait for this, Watford 5. Everton for 2-1 up until the 78th minute. <laughs> 78th minute. This must make you feel better, Simon, after, after last week. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that collapse was bad, but <laughs> Christ and almighty. Not, not only did Watford beat them 5-2, it was the former Everton player, Josh King, with a hat-trick. The player who Everton just didn't fancy playing, Dave. Yes, well, 
I mean, it's, it's just one of those strange things that happen, isn't it? But I don't think I've ever seen a Benitez team collapse like that in the last yeah, uh, the last 12 minutes. Really not not a him kind of thing to do at all. Um, and obviously, he can only control it so much. But um, they, uh, they fell apart very easily. I mean, the last couple of goals, it was embarrassingly easy for uh, King and, uh, and Dennis um, to, to overrun them, basically. Um, very unusual, but... Fair play to Watford and Ranieri in particular because I think he took a lot of stick for um, the non-performance against Liverpool. Um, but he's had a week working with them properly and uh, you know, this is the result and, and fair play. Um, all of a sudden, you know, they, they've, they've got Southampton at home next week which is every chance to win that. Uh, and that gives them a bit of breathing space because then they, they've got a tough run after that. They've got Arsenal, Man U, Leicester and, and Chelsea. So um, they... Need the, the wins uh, while they can get them. I think a, a lot of people, me included, thought Ranieri was was a bit of a, a negative appointment, but um, he's done a good job of, of turning that round very quickly. Um, now, obviously, it's only one win, um, but it obviously shows they're capable of playing from him. And Josh King, in particular, was was brilliant for Bournemouth a few years ago, and hopefully, for his sake, he's found some found his form again for Watford. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it all started so bright for, for Everton Simon and obviously Richarlison back from injury and scored, once he scored yesterday at 2-1, I, I was convinced that was that was it. Um, but yeah, Josh King had other ideas. Yeah, I mean, like you said, when, when they go 2-1 up and especially, like you've already mentioned, with the Rafa team and how well organised he, he has his teams, you just wouldn't have expected that. I mean, I... I think I was watching Soccer Saturday when they went 2-1 up and I just popped out for a bit and I came back and just turned on at full time and I, I genuinely thought like a split second thought they, they must have just this, this has got to be a typo that they've got <laughs> so I honestly did because I'm just I couldn't believe it and then I saw a Josh King Patrick <laughs> I mean I don't I don't think there is a person on the planet who would have in their wildest dreams, made the prediction of how that game would have gone yesterday. But um, like you say, fair fair play to Watford because I mean we we amongst everyone else properly laid into them last week, and on the back of that performance last week to to turn it round in that short space of time is is quite impressive. Did, I mean, obviously Everton just completely collapsed, but. You still got to go and stick them away and have that belief. So fair play to them. I mean, I'm not saying this is coincidence or that, but Alex Wobie came on the 77th minute. <laughs> the first of the goals went in the 78th, um, and Dave Craig Kafka got an assist in this game. I know. After I, after I shouted him down last week and expected his, his move to Udinese to be imminent, but uh, no, he's uh, he's still got it. It's old Craig. Whatever it is, he has it. Who did, um, who did a Wobie come on for? Alex, a Wobie came on for uh, Damari Gray. Ah, there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, Richarlison came off the bench in the hour mark and scored in the 64 minutes. So you, you can see the difference, obviously, Richarlison has. Um, and do you know what? See, I'm Ranieri, and, and this is something we'll come on to talk about when we talk about, obviously, Man United, but having... A team like Watford, like I think we'll all agree, um, Sars probably the the most you know expensive talent. A bit like this is a half effect, as we mentioned, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know if he was injured, so this is completely different. But he, 
he was quite happy to take him off, you know, because it wasn't working, they were losing. So they brought him off for Dennis. And I mean, Dennis has started quite kind of hot and cold this season anyway. You know, he's he's got him with the goals at the start of the year and he's played quite well. But taking a player off like that for Watford, unless there's something wrong, don't get me wrong, is, is, a, is a big statement to make. Yeah, no, I think I, think, um, I saw some Twitter comments after the substitution where they obviously they went in on Ranieri or why taking off our best player, this kind of thing. And obviously within minutes that had turned around quite, uh, <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite dramatically. So... Um, it's funny sometimes, as you say, like you would never dream of taking off Saar a few weeks ago. He, he is their best player for me. Um, but <laughs> what do we know? Yeah. Um, well, next next game up, we have Bossman's Leeds United. Uh, well, one-one draw at Wolves. Um, well, Leeds. I mean, I'll come on to Leeds first, just because it's it's the Bossman's team. But I mean, he tried to defend them a couple of weeks ago and saying like the. They're still, you know, their performances are still, you know, being better sort of thing, and I, I just haven't seen it from Leeds at all this season. I think they they just look very lacklustre. Um, obviously, a huge goal getting the getting the equaliser. I mean, albeit from the penalty, um, but as you mentioned, Dave, just players are dropping um, so quickly. Their squad's very threadbare. It is. I mean, Rafinha was this week's casualty, but uh, how? The, I don't know. You saw the tackle on him, but how he didn't get sent off, I don't really know. But <laughs> uh, wasn't a good tackle at all. Um, now, apparently, Rafinha's he says he's fine, but you know whether it's just a few weeks rather than a few days, I don't know. But uh, concerning for them, nevertheless, that he had to go off to join you know Bamford and Ailing and uh, a few others who are struggling at the minute. So it's 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 been a difficult season for them. Um, but the boy Gel- Gelhard came on, um, who they got from Wigan, and um, his his run for the goal was, was was excellent. So, you know, maybe they found a a next a sort of a next star, if you like, off the off the back of the crisis they're in. Yeah, I mean, we are in the league now. They are they're seven, sitting seventeenth, um, seven points from nine. Um, is there is there any gauge to be to be concerned for Leeds? Well, I think so. Um, we said even before the injuries, they, they weren't the same team as they were last season. Um, still thought they'd have enough to stay clear of the relegation zone, but uh, you know, with every passing week, sometimes we just have these unfortunate campaigns where they keep picking up injuries left, right and centre, and it's sort of like one, one problem to deal with after another. Um, I, I don't think they'll go down. Um, I think if they can get their, their best players on the pitch, they'll, they'll, they'll beat the teams around them. Um, as you know, they, as they did the other week, I think they beat Southampton was it last week, uh, um, yeah. or whenever it was. Um, so I, I think they'll scrape enough points together, but uh, it, it's not—it's nowhere near as, as pretty as it was last season, where they, you know they, they had a lot of praise for you know playing things off the park. Um, they um, they haven't really ever looked like doing that this year. Yeah, no, no, completely fair. I mean, an on will Simon uh, that. Uh, he Chan Wan um, scoring again. I feel that's his fifth or sixth league goal of the season as well. Um, maybe not as high, but seems to be the only one scoring for Wolves really this year. Yeah, he's, he's looked quite decent, and him and Jimenez in the last few weeks have they've looked like a partnership that actually works, which uh, is not be nice for me to be able to say that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, he's, he's done well. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never heard of him until he come in. Um, 
but he's, he, yeah, he started off the season very well with, with a couple of goals. And it's not actually just the goals, but he he looks like a, a clever footballer as well. He, he actually looks like he's got a bit of ability on the ball. And obviously, we all know that Jimenez is a good player as well. So if if them two can keep this going and, and work up a, a good partnership, then that could be quite vital for them because the last couple of years they've they've never like been a particularly high scoring, free flowing team. It's they've, they've relied on Jimenez, and you know we saw last season when he was out how how badly they struggled. So if they can get the two of them firing, then uh, then that, that's just, they could have a half decent season. Yeah, no, completely. They're, they're definitely they're, they're much more expansive this season anyway, certainly under the new manager. Um, where are they sitting in the league? Uh, they're 11th, but it's mad to think if they'd held on, they would have been 5th. <laughs> that's, that's how tight the table is at the minute. Yeah, Brighton are still 5th in the league. I know. <laughs> they, they haven't won for four, get five games. Right, let's um, let's move on to the the last of the three court games, and then we'll take a short break. Um, Southampton two, Burnley two, a high scoring game and a Burnley game, Simon. Yeah, didn't expect that. Um, it's kind of in in a way, I think it's a result that doesn't really do either team any favours. Um, obviously, Burnley are haven't won yet and are sitting in the relegation zone. So you, you kind of. You'd be a bit concerned about them now. The, the one thing that I think they can sort of hang their hat on is that uh, Max Cornet looks well. He, he started off in the season all right. I think that's three goals, is it now? Um, so if if they can get him in that, you know, keeping that sort of form and, and get a few goals in this season with Deitch and the way that he organises them, I, I suspect they'll probably turn it around and be safe. Um, but as I say, I, I think it's that draw. I think it, it, it does either of them any good, really. I, I think Burnley obviously desperately need to win, and Southampton could have done with it just to pull themselves that bit further away from the relegation zone. But I, I think they're two teams that I think they'll both stay up, but I think they'll be down towards that bottom three. Yeah, I mean, you see, both teams <laughs> will stay up, so obviously we're, we're all assuming Norwich are going down. Um, who, who are you thinking at the moment um, a quarter of the way through the season the, the other two that are going to slip in there because as you say it's, it's really tight couple of wins yeah teams takes you up to really yourselves in 13th but the start before the season started with some of my mates when we were doing predictions my three at the start of the season to go were Norwich Watford and Newcastle and obviously Newcastle, I think a lot would depend on what if they can get the right players in January, then then I'd suspect they'll be okay. Um, so uh, I still think Norwich, obviously Watford, and then I'm not quite decided on on that last <laughs> spot yet. Now looking at it, <laughs> I, I, I think I think Leeds uh, could be in a bit of trouble if they if their injury crisis stays stays ahead. Because I, I think there's a lot of Championship players in there, so I, I think they could be in a bit of trouble this season. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I mean, Dave, your your favourite your favourite team, Burnley, um, mm. scoring two goals in a game. Um, and yeah, a two all game. Did you? You never would have predicted this for a for a Burnley. No, game. I think on the on, I was on the Thursday show this week, and I said, me and me and Chris both said that this would be last on match of the day, and it obviously <laughs> wasn't. It was uh, quite entertaining, but 
I don't know if that's I don't know if that suits Burnley in the style to have these entertaining games where it's no. you know high score and things. I mean, this is, this is the second two-two draw in recent memory. I think that one with Leicester a few weeks ago. Um, but normally when Burnley go into these fixtures, they you know drop anchor and, and nick a one-nil or they draw nil-nil and you know they have a solid base and they build on that. But that solid base seems to have disappeared, um, and that's it's probably a huge concern for them because that's that's been the basis of their success now. You know, I'm sure Burnley fans would love to say, well, yeah, we're going to go and outscore all these teams and become the new entertainers, but other than Corne, they've got an awful lot going for them at the minute. Um, I mean, he looks excellent, you know, good finishes off scraps, basically. Um, but it's not always sustainable, is it? So, um, I'm, I'm not worried about Burnley because I'm praying they go down, but um, <laughs> I've seen very little of them to think, you know, they're going to stay up. Um, but people would say the same about us. Um, and I keep thinking... You know, Christ, if we didn't have this takeover, we, you, could, you could pencil us into that relegation because <laughs> we are going absolutely nowhere at the minute with a team we've got. But uh, thankfully, we hopefully will be able to buy our way out, out, out of trouble. Um, so I think we should be okay in the end if we can just get it right. Um, I think it'll be any one of um, Southampton, Leeds and Watford. I don't think Southampton score enough goals, um, yep. and they've, you know, they've, they've got the odd nightmare game in them, um, as we've seen. Watford, who knows? You know, they've had two games. They've got to be five 0 They've won five two. It's a new manager roller coaster. We'll have to see just how, how it settles down. Um, Palace will pull away. I think as you, the, the performances are far better than their points, um, but I've seen so little from Southampton, Leeds, and Burnley get excited about it at the moment. Yeah, that's that's the three who I would who I would throw in there from the two. I think, as you say, if it, if the takeover hadn't happened in Newcastle, I would probably say you were favourites to go down. I'm not going to lie now the way it's been this year, um, but I think you'd imagine the new manager will come out and stamp his identity. You'd like think, and there'd be enough quality added in January, um, and hopefully likes of. The Tarkovskis of the world, you know, just those solid Premier League players that we've mentioned the last couple of weeks. Um, and that'll be enough. Um, yeah, there's not really much. You can hardly say, as you say, the uh, Connery took his goals well. Southampton, two goals in a game for Southampton is very, very unusual. For them. They're just, they haven't replaced Danny Ings. Um, yep, and, and Burnley just don't look as organised. It just, it just looks chaotic and... Um, I fear, I mean, everybody knows my loving for Burnley and Sean Dyche, but I feel this might be the season. This just, you know, might have got to the end at that um, Tony Pulis stage, you know, when it just <clears throat> runs out. I, I just feel this, this might be it. I feel the first between those two and, and, and Leeds. I think Watford, I think they've just got enough talent to beat the teams around them. Um, and, and Dennis and Saar. Um, just, just to be okay. The thing like Burnley have got Brentford next week, and you look at it on paper and say, well, you know, Brentford plays some of the best football in the league, and Burnley really don't. So, <laughs> like, it's a massive clash of styles, isn't it? I'm kind of looking forward to seeing one that. Burnley. Well, this, this <laughs> is the thing. it's traditionally the type of game they have won one nil, but yeah. but you know, we'll, this like, is we'll it. Like we, every season around this time, we we all write Burnley off and go, yeah, I think this could be the year, and then guarantee they. They throw out a scrappy shite to watch 1-0 next week and you go, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll probably be OK, won't they? Right, before we come on to the, the Half Past Five game, we will take a short break and we'll be right back. 
And we are back. The half past five game, gentlemen, was a game I was really looking forward to watching. Um, I was golfing during the day when we were talking about it, and I knew City would win. Brighton normally put up a, you know, quite a spirited display against City, but I mean their goalkeeper let them down fairly badly in this game. Um, but Man City four, Brighton one. Um, the goals were scored by Gundogan and our Phil Foden with two, was it? Yeah, because uh, he set up Maris for the last one and uh, Alexis McAllister penalty. And what a consolation goal, Simon. Yeah, um, like you say, I, I was looking forward to this actually. I, I, you know, again, expected City to win, but I thought Brighton would run them a little closer than they did. But then having said that, you look at that City team and some of the talents in it, you, you kind of you're not surprised when they they're the type of team that 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 can just roll over the you know the teams like Brighton and 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 the like. So yeah, it's, it's a bit dis- bit disappointed in in Brian's performance, but you you know you, you don't have to take a step back and remember. That, to be fair, they're playing against Man City, yeah. so um, but City they the one thing that you you can like really say about them is that they are ruthless. Like they they're not happy to just win one or two nil. They when they when they uh, get the sense of blood and then also they they just go for the opposition and and just keep keep attacking them and getting the goals. So very good win for City, but not really expected when you actually look at the two lineups. Yeah, um, they just they've City in this game. They just as Simon mentioned the word ruthless, but they they, they were playing like a team who were playing against a better team. Like, Bernardo Silva was everywhere, you know, he was fighting for every ball. Phil Foden just put in an absolute masterclass in this game. Um, I think we've said it for a while now. Jesus has looked really good this season, kind of playing as that wide forward rather than the, the number nine. Um, the Man City, when they're at full tilt, just look like a different animal, aren't they? Yes, and... Um... I think this is, so. You know, fair play to Brighton for giving it, giving it a go, but this was kind of a you know a lesson in why teams don't go toe to toe with Man City if they're not you know one of the big sides because they just get every time possession turned over, Man City just picked them off like one or two passes and they were in on goal and it was supposed to three nil inside half an hour. It could easily have been six. Yeah. To be honest with you, <laughs> Lewis Dunk Lewis Dunk off the line, which was remarkable in itself. Is that um, where get one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ludicrous, but um, I thought it was nice. You know, Brighton's fans stuck with them. Um, they kind of appreciate the the project that's going on there, um, and they did give it a go. Um, but they're just, you know, they're not as good as Man City, and there's no shame in that. They're just uh, what's that saying? It's better to live on your feet than die on your knees, and which I kind of understand. You know, it's uh, it's worth having a having a go and losing rather than you know sitting back and losing eventually anyway. So. Um, especially when they're sitting fifth, it's not like they're, you know, it's not like they're desperate for points. So, um, you know, fair play. Um, they're not going to beat the big boys. I hope. I hope I'll look at Liverpool next. Which is probably also not going to win. But after that, they've got a, an easier run of games. I think you know Brighton are going to be alright. They're just uh, <laughs> going to a bit of a spell at the minute. Yeah, has there, ever, has there ever been a team that sat fifth in the league and, <laughs> and then been relegated? <laughs> probably, but it's not going to be. It's not going to be Brighton this year. No, you wouldn't imagine. That, you got, that line you just said about, you know, like, um, living on your feet, dying on your knees, etc. Like, Brighton, obviously, they, they tend to play the same way all the time. But fans aren't going to be bothered about losing 4-1 to, to City and, and say Liverpool turn them over next week because they are beating the other teams. 
So they're they're playing the right way all the time, and it's not you know it's not affecting them. You know, it's not affecting any other runs. Don't get me wrong, if they're losing nine 0 say, but there's going to be better teams who 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 entertain City than than Brighton. You know, more expensively assemble teams and lose by a bigger margin to City and and a more dominant display as well. So it's not like the four one kind of makes it look worse than it actually. You know, it does. It makes it look like Brighton were were terrible and they and they really weren't. Um, Couple of the goals were were quite poor from the goalkeeper. That's the one thing I will say. Um, but they just Brighton need to find themselves a striker. I still stand by that hmm. striker. Um, what I find amazing about Brighton is that every time they play on Sky, they bring on a player who I've never heard of. <laughs> like who? Like the, the guy won the pen. Um, who's he? It was like last season they kept playing a kid called Percy Tau, and I was like, I've no idea who you are. Like, <laughs> never been seen since. Like, they must have the widest range scouting that I've ever seen. They just get <laughs> plucked from anywhere. I don't, I don't know who. Like, Presuming they're not youth players, I don't know. Like, they just seem to turn up. I think it's a competition. They they run in the matchplay program. <laughs> well, it uh, might be. It might explain why Shane Duffy's been recalled. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the less we mention him, the better. Um, it, it was nice to see Tarek Lamptey coming back on again. Um, a little bright spark. And like, I'm not saying Man City's squad's ridiculous, but Kevin De Bruyne was on the bench for 77 minutes of a 4-1 win. <laughs> I know. One of the best players in the world, yeah. teams, but he been reliant on a player. Like he, There was a couple of seasons ago where he, he did absolutely everything for them. And yeah. now it's like, oh, I'll just have, have a 10-minute run out, Kev, the lad. Everyone else will do it for you. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, I, fine. Why not? Yes, it must be nice having a £100 million player just to sit and, and replace you. Um, on that £100 million player, Simon, um, obviously nine games in his Man City career after after leaving yourselves was, was your old pal Jack. Um, thoughts on how he started his Man City career? Um, I, I think he's done all right. Uh, he, obviously, the sort of assists and goals aren't what you you may have expected. But I think um, he's he's having to get used to play in, in a much different way. Obviously, out of dinner, everything went through him, whereas at City, he's just one of many players they can go through. So, I think uh, I, I think he'll turn out... He's, he's done all right, but he'll turn out to be a very, very good signing because he's a great player. And you look at, like, Mahrez, it, the first year he was there, he didn't really get much game time. It, it, it took him a while to settle in, and then last season, he, he was outstanding for them. So, um Probably a B B plus at the moment, I'd say, but there's definitely levels for him to go up to. Yeah, Dave. I mean, Grealish for yourself. Um, I think the probably the most unfair thing for him, really, um, but to be expected is it's always going to be judged in that price tag, though, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but it's, it's monopoly money to Man City. You know, it doesn't matter, and it's just like, well, has he improved them? Yes, I guess you know he's he's a, he's a good option. He, he plays nearly every game. He's very durable. Um, he's never going to be you know the standout player in that team because they've got so many. But um, he causes teams problems. And uh, all right, as, as I said, he hasn't got loads of goals and assists yet, but he's got enough. And Man City just seem to spread things around anyway. So um, as long as he's contributing, they'll be quite happy. Um, yeah. Last thing on City though, after Grealish. Um, 
Sterling, obviously, well, I assume he's injured just now that he wasn't in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, a lot of talk coming out that he's not happy. I mean, thoughts on Sterling? What what do you reckon he does? Do you see him going elsewhere, or do you feel he's been? I thought, obviously, I think we all agree he was probably England's best player at the Euros, and then. Uh. I think there's definitely been something said. Uh, I know he had a, a, an alleged back injury yesterday. Um, but even when he was fit, he hasn't exactly been starting every week, has he? Um, I think he was obviously offered as part of the Kane deal. I'm fairly certain that they tried to use him as, as leverage. I'm not really sure why, because he hasn't really let Pep down ever, really, that I can remember. Um, you know, he's he scored a fair number of goals under, under the Pep regime, if you like. Um, but for whatever reason, it seems to be he'll be the next one to leave. Um, whether he just wants a new challenge or something, I'm, I'm not really sure. It seems to come out of nowhere. As you say, he was brilliant in the summer. Um, if anything, his, his Man City form was far better than his England form, um, but he really turned up for England in the summer. Um, if they want to cash in on him, I guess you know, they've got plenty of other options. Um, it's a shame for his point of view, but then again, he'll probably go to most other clubs and be absolutely fine. So... Um, if that's what happens, that's what happens. But I think there's definitely been some sort of fallout or agreement to move him on anyway. Yeah, Simon, any any predictions where you think Sterling might end up? <sighs> no idea, to be honest. Because um, I think they probably want quite a bit of money for him. Um, so yeah, it's be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, to be fair, they could also just end up staying because in the summer, I think. It also, you know, I think everyone thought that Bernardo Silva was on his way out. It seemed like he, Pep had no no use for him anymore. But all of a sudden this season, he seems to have been one of the most important players. So it could turn around, but it, it does seem like they, they want to get rid of him. For, for, for whatever reason, I, I don't know, because he's, he's a top quality player. But, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. I, I don't know in, in the Premier League. I, I, I couldn't see him moving to the Premier League club because I'm not... Not sure if anyone could really afford oh, him. Oh, I'm not team that can. <laughs> <laughs> he's moving to the he's moving to the black and white. Uh, uh, I, I think in all seriousness he'll go abroad, but uh, I don't know where because no, no one except PSG doesn't have any money anymore. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, and <coughs> the only team in the Premier League who can really afford them is Chelsea, and I couldn't see City selling them to. To Chelsea. Um, but no, the, only, the only thing will be if they use him in exchange for Kane. Um, yeah, I, I think he doesn't want that, does he? I think he well, doesn't above <laughs> I mean, Tottenham is a big step down from where mm. where he is at the minute, um, especially with the way Spurs are playing, which obviously we'll talk about in a moment. But, um, I mean, God only knows where Tottenham will be in, in six months' time because... Uh, I'm not sure the manager's still going to be there, put it that way. <laughs> no, no, you might not be there tomorrow morning, um, or this morning as you're listening to this at home. Um, we'll jump on to today's games, um, and we'll start with the very impressive Brentford, um, losing narrowly to a very rejuvenated um, Leicester City. Uh, Telemans opened the goal with an absolute wonderful strike. Um, Matthias Jorgensen equalised for Brentford, and then James Madison in the 73rd minute, um, making it 2-1. Um, Brendan Rodgers has really turned it around. Not the, I say turned it around. They weren't, they weren't terrible, but you know they've got Leicester almost kind of back to what we expected, Dave. Yeah, um, kind of had to go the scenic route to get here because you know 
as we saw, Brentford would give them a give them a hell of a game, and they did. Um, I watched Leicester in Europe in midweek because they played at like half three or something. It was quite handy. Um, and uh, Pats and Dagger was outstanding, like four four very lethal finishes. Um, it was a good game, and I thought, well, you know, fair play to Rodgers for giving giving the Europa League a you know proper go at last because he kind of been up against us with a couple of bad results to start off the group, but they seem to get them back on track. Um, they lost Vardy today with an injury, um, which is obviously a blow for them, but um, it, we always knew what Leicester were capable of, which is whether they could string a few results together, and that's, you know, this has been a brilliant week for them um, with the Man United result last week, the win in Europe, and then rounding off nicely today with uh, with a win over Brentford. So, um, very good for them. Um, they've got Arsenal next, which... It's a game they usually thrive in, to be honest, especially if Vardy's fit. Like, it doesn't even matter who plays for Arsenal or whatever, but it just seems to be like Vardy will run them ragged to regardless. <laughs> um, so it's a pity for him if he's injured, but um, all of a sudden Leicester are ninth, they're three points off fourth, and everything's right in the world again for them. Yeah, Simon, um, I think humans go in this game, I don't know if you've seen it, but oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can't believe the bargain they got him for. And I, I believe the description for that goal is thunder bastards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, hell of a strike. Fair, fair play to him. I mean, like you said, with, with Leicester, I think big key thing for them is getting the injured players back and you know, getting yep. Johnny Evans back back in defence. It, um, it's looked a lot more solid. And yeah, like, like you say, it's been, been a very good week for them. Do you know what the biggest thing to come from this weekend for me um, is how good England have it in, in talent at the moment um, and we the, the common theme of this pod obviously is managers out their depth and I think it stems <laughs> from the very top when you look at the, the England international manager as good a job as, as some will say Southgate's done the talent he has at his disposal at the moment like obviously there was a lot of talk you know with the, that, the golden generation um, as it's called but I think this is much more talented than than that generation. It's, it's much more depth, isn't there? Yeah, scary. Like that, that that golden generation it was a starting eleven, but that was pretty much it. Whereas some of the people who don't even get into the England squads now. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's frightening. Um, I mean, back to the, the Leicester game. I, I think I said it last week to to both you guys that even I was impressed with how Rogers has come out and. Almost like humble, humbled himself the way he was talking, and he, he's definitely turned it round. The as you say, Johnny Evans been back just to organise the defence um, has made such a difference. And and on Brentford in this game again, as, as you say, Dave, I think we all expected Brentford to to have a go. And again, like like every other game this season, they looked good in this game, and it, it was not hard luck to to lose two one, but they were. I think they had a goal disallowed. Disallowed earlier on in the game as well, but they I'm just. Honest, I've, not, I've not seen it to be quite honest with you, but uh, yeah. They just look the partner, don't they? They just look in no danger whatsoever. Um, and just going strength to strength, really, I think. I mean, where, where do we think realistically Brentford can finish this year? Just mid table, that 10th, 11th, 12th? Yeah, I think where they are now is probably about right. They. Um, have a bit of you know a touch of the sort of hard luck stories about them. Um, a lot of their goals seem to come from you know set pieces and things as well, which is which is great when it's going for you. But it, 
does that also mean that you know maybe, maybe they don't score enough of open play? Um, it's hard to say. They've, they've had two of the better teams in the league last few weeks where they haven't had results. So I think they're, they're going to beat the teams at the bottom quite easily because they you know seem to have uh, a style about them that a lot of teams can't cope with. Um, so I'm, I'm not worried about them. I think well they're now twelfth. If they finish twelfth, they'll be, they'll be delighted for the first season in the league. I, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, second last game of the weekend down um, West Ham with a one 0 home win um, against the very very disappointing Spurs. <laughs> um, Michael Antonio, of course, who else um, with a goal? Um, but I mean, before we talk about West Ham. Um, Spurs and Nuno. Um, how long do we reckon this partnership lasts, Simon? I'd be surprised if it. It, was, it won't last to the end of the season. I don't think. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be. I'd be surprised if he makes it to Christmas. I think he'd have done well because. I mean, I, I, I like Nuno. I think he's he's a, a decent manager, but just Tottenham is not the right fit for him. He's, he's just not the manager that they need and. Yeah, I don't think it's going to have a happy ending for him. No, no, yeah, I think um, I reckon I don't I don't know if he sees the end of this 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 year, twenty twenty one, Dave. I mean, nothing sums it up more than the fact that they, you know rested an entire starting eleven in the Europe on Thursday, lost that game, and then played <laughs> on the Sunday with the first year starting eleven and lost that game as well. So um, it, it's. It's not going from, but you know they're still sixth, they're fifteen points. Um, it hasn't been a total disaster, but uh, for some reason, like I feel like certain managers get on, you know, they get no support from the media from day one. Like some pundits decided Nuno wasn't the man for Spurs after about six games, whereas they still fighted and fought until the last moment that Steve Bruce was the right man for us after, <laughs> after, 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 you know, after three seasons of dross. Um, also, see, you know, Solskjaer at Man United, like, you know, it it isn't a hundred percent out, despite you know, her- horrific results. Um, I just find it odd, but it's it, well, the difference is that the flag against the manager's name, in my opinion. But either way, um, I it's hard to say. I think I think any manager needs more than nine games at Premier League level to decide whether he's going to be a success or a failure. You know, some managers all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, give him two transfer windows. With Nuno, it's like, well, you're out. You've, you've, <laughs> had, your, you've had your chance. You're off. Um, I, I think it's harsh, to be honest. Like they've, stu- they've given him the gig. They've spent all summer recruiting for some reason. It took them forever to land on Nuno, despite him being available the whole time, which is already a bit of a warning sign. Um, but now they've chosen him. I think they've got to stick with him um, for a little bit of time. And they've been sixth and two points or fourth. It's not really a reason to pull the trigger. I mean, all right, they weren't great today, but West Ham aren't a bad team, you know. I mean, they'll beat they'll beat worse teams than Spurs, better teams than Spurs. Like, you know, it's um, West Ham are really impressive. Um, I thought yeah. they'd str- struggle a lot with the you know the whole Thursday Sunday thing, but they they just keep finding ways to win. Um, I say it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty today, but Antonio got his toe on a corner, and that was all it took. So fair play. Um, I I'm. Impressed by Moyes and how he's got West Ham playing, um, which again, never thought I'd say, but <laughs> they, um, they, they look solid. Um, they've got goals in the team. Um, I think 
obviously at the moment they're probably a better team than Spurs, but I don't think there's any reason to write Spurs off just yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on West Ham and, and Michael Antonio specifically, I mean, it's probably been said before, especially on this podcast, but managers must be kicking themselves how they didn't discover that he, he was at number nine <laughs> ten years ago. Um, and I, I was, I, I actually googled Michael Antonio England caps to see if he had any England caps, and realised he's um, declared himself Jamaican um, and playing for the, the international team, but. Because uh, I was just about to ask. I mean, somebody like Antonio should be should obviously he can't now, but um, should have been involved in the England squads over the last you know two two and a half year. I'd say that that purple patch that he's been going through. Mm, possibly. I mean, I've I've never been fully struck on him until this last sort of since Moyes took over. Really, like they've uh, always said he was a bit sort of gangly and sort of not really huge amounts of technique in there and you've got to play a certain way to get the best out of them um, which you know there's nothing wrong with but I'm not overly sure it would, it would translate in national football um, but having said that you know after Kane um, there's kind of not an awful lot between Calvert-Lewin and Abraham and um, Bamford and all these other sort of second strikers so possibly you know he could have been in the mix but I, I'm not not overly convinced him as an international striker no, yeah, fair, fair point. Uh, West Ham are in fourth at the moment, as we speak. Um, Spurs down in sixth. Actually, Spurs are going to be fine. They'll be around that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth mark. You know, I wouldn't see them dropping any lower than eighth, even on a bad season. Can't, they're definitely not breaking out top four. Um, not for me, anyway. Um, do you do you both agree that kind of the league looks like you got you got your top three who are you know head and shoulders above everyone else? Yep. Maybe not in points just yet, but over the course of time there will be. Mm. You've then got fourth down at maybe tenth, um, who are all kind of scrapping with those European places. Yep. And then you've got the rest. <laughs> um, certainly, I think the bottom seven will be the will be the bottom seven um, in in an order. I don't know what order, but yeah. Yep. And then you sort of got Villa, Brentford, Wolves, and probably Brighton who will scrap for thirteenth yep. <laughs> to ninth, and then. Ever- <laughs> And then the rest will be European chases. Like that seems to be how it's kind of panning out for me. Yeah, I think the, the, the only real race, I mean, as you say, the top three will be racing for, for first place. Um, I think if any, any of us, if we were all to pick like, each one individually, I think there would be no arguments from the other one. It would just be a preference. It's almost like the Ronaldo-Messi debate. <laughs> those three, you know, it's just it's whatever one you think. I think the real race is obviously out of those next five, six, four, five. Um, yeah, maybe four, four to see who finishes in that fourth place spot. Um, but I think the the West Ham, Tottenham, Man United, and I reckon Arsenal, Leicester, probably be the other one who will be like take the the Europa League conference, whatever it is, slots, and then as you say, the the middle gap, Dave. Um, I think the the only thing I would say this year is there's not three real candidates that you know are going to go down. You know how like we we, we kind of spoke about the start of the season. All oh, there's three worst teams in them. There, there really isn't this year. There's there's a lot of bad teams, and it'll just be a case of whoever can put that one run together. Yeah, just to get those no, I, I, like, I, to- I totally agree. I, I do think that bottom seven will be will be the bottom seven. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but. As you say, you know, any team could win a couple of games. And 
go on at 10 points and all of a sudden be clear of it. So it's just seeing who can do it first, I guess. That's, like, you, you, when you look at the tables, like that, that sort of middle pack of teams from, say, you know, if you go, let's say, from 5th down to 14th, the sort of, they've all tended to have won and lost mm. a similar amount of games. So it's, it's, there's no one has seemed so far in that, sort of area of the table are, are able to put any sort of run together so it's it's kind of it's hard to predict where any of them will finish within that that sort of mini league in the middle yeah. as you said earlier they've looked right in our fifth in the league and they've got one in four games <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it says a lot I mean the only three consistent teams in the league well four we include Norwich <laughs> <laughs> we are consistent whatever we say but the, the three at the top are really levels above everybody else like even when they play like a West Ham, you can just see that level difference between those three. I mean, we'll come on to the biggest difference, obviously, in the, in the last game we'll cover the weekend. This is a team who were who were favourites in some aspects of the media because of their signings this summer. We're favourites to win the league because they had finished second last season. I think the biggest thing we can take away last season is last season was just such a weird season. It was it was almost you know there was no it was like a fantasy movie. You, know, you just know it can't be true. And that's a bit like the way the Premier League was last season. Um, it was almost like an anomaly. You can't take anything from it. Um, now that fans are back and almost we're back living in the real world again, um, normality has, has resumed. I'd hope so, because <laughs> some strange things happened. <laughs> Absolutely. But talking about strange things... Um, Last game of the weekend, Man United nil, Liverpool five. Um, oh, I just so happy to say that. Um, <laughs> Navi Keita, Diego Jota, and then the, the greatest player to ever exist, um, <laughs> hat trick. Um, Ronaldo getting a goal disallowed, rightly so, and uh, an awful challenge um, from Pogba uh, and. Who Wambasaka should have been sent off after that? Was it Wambasaka? I'm trying the booking now. When he kicked, um, or was it Bruno earlier on? No, it wasn't. I'm lying. It was Fred like, right after was, Ronaldo kicked. Oh yeah, I was going to say Fred kicked Firmino right in the uh, Naby Keita in the head. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that wasn't a red card, especially after who got sent off against Liverpool last week for kicking somebody in the face. Oh, it was yeah, Griezmann in midweek. Um, I, th- I thought um, Maguire was lucky to escape red as well for oh, gosh, the, uh, yeah. denying an obvious goal-scoring opportunity, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, on, well, um, I, on, on I, hadn't seen, I hadn't seen that back, yeah. So I seen the foul originally, but I just didn't know where everybody else on the pitch was. Mm. Uh, but yeah, if, if Jota was through the way everybody was talking about, yeah, I don't understand how that was. Um, uh, where do we start? Do we, do we talk about the good of Liverpool or do we... Uh, yeah, let's talk about the good of Liverpool because I think we've got, probably got more to say on Man United as a collective unit here. Um, <laughs> Liverpool really didn't get out of second gear in this game, I would say. Um, and... Kind of I'm, just... Well, I'm, I'm pleased you said that because, you know, Liverpool didn't do anything extraordinary. <laughs> <You> <laughs> just, you just played the way you always play, which is, you know, good football, good pressing. Um, get the ball into Salah and see what happens. Kind of, well, yes. that's probably only doing it a little bit because there was some, you know, some nice play, don't get us wrong. Um, but it's not like, you know, you weren't sort of Brazil 1970 passing the ball from back to front. You were just sort of 
doing you know your normal game plan, which Man United didn't even try and stop, <laughs> um, and they just got picked off over and over again. Like the arrogance of them to not like give you know a team of your quality the respect to. You know, maybe don't press from the front and leave massive gaps in the plane. <laughs> they just played like the absolute worst way to play against you imaginable, and uh, it was apparent from you know what, what minute did Kater score? The fifth, fifth minute. Yeah, it, it was apparent that early on. <laughs> it was so stupid, um, and they were looking to get away with five in many ways. Like you know, fair play to Liverpool because they were you know they were good. Don't get us wrong, but uh, Man United were bloody awful. Uh, so so bad in everything they did um, and you know lucky to finish with 10 could have had probably 2 or 3 sent off for just yep. being massively indisciplined um, Pogba's title was awful uh, I hope Kate I hope is not seriously injured again because uh, that's um, she just deserves a bit of luck <laughs> well, that's it I mean he played really well and all I mean that's that's another thing he um he had one of his one of his best games for you. Yeah. Uh, Salah, as you say, just untouchable, untouchable at the minute. Um, again, not like his goals were world class or anything like that. He was just just very, very, very clinical. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, great result for Liverpool. They'll be delighted to beat their arch nemesis five 0 Of course they will. But all the talk is going to be about Man United, as I imagine it's going to be here as well. <laughs> yeah, like, let's. Where do, where do we start? So, you, you as you said, Dave, the, the arrogance um, right away. I think they must have looked at the, you know, the change team and thought, right, we can get at them. You know, new centre back coming in. Let's start on Ronaldo debate. Ronaldo is world class. I think we all agree. Um, but what does he bring to a team like Man United? Bar short sales. Well, I think I, mean, I think someone made the point this earlier, but the worst thing about his sign is that they spent the best part of three years. Stork and Sancho, you know, yeah. come and play for us. As well. we'll come build our team around you, Jaden. Come on, you you pick Man United, and you know we'll, you yeah. know. And then within days of him signing, they went out and got Ronaldo and just threw it all out the window. It's like right, <laughs> it's uh, it's all about him now. Um, and Sancho could better get a kick. And uh, it's it's wild because no, he didn't. I mean, you know, it wasn't really that surprising when once once Pogba got sent off, but. Um, uh, it's just the strategy of the whole thing's mad, um, and why they bothered like signing Cavani for another year, and it's just basically the, as we said last week, Ronaldo was at a total vanity signing, so no one else could get him. Yep. And they made a shed load back in shirt sales, but it's made them a, a much worse football team, and they weren't that good to begin with. Um, add into that, you've got. Whatever's going on with Harry Maguire at the minute, who just seems to have gone insane. Um, Luke Shaw, who's also gone insane. So that's an entire flank, which is, which is up the grabs. Um, Solskjaer's weird obsession with playing Fred and McTominay. As in, like, do two negatives make a positive? No, they do not. <laughs> so that, Depends on support. Well, well exactly. Um, you've, you've then got Fernandez, who's been made worse by Ronaldo because he, you know, doesn't make the same runs that a Cavani or a Rashford would make when they're playing up front. So he's not as useful as he was. Um, the whole thing is just—it's gone to tits. Like, I, I mean, they should sack him immediately and replace him with anyone semi-competent, and they'll be all right. But um, he just—he's always so upbeat, and it's weird because he shouldn't be. Like. <laughs> 
even I, I, I had the, the displeasure of listening to his press conference on Friday, and I was just like, oh, well, you know, Bruno Fernandes might be injured. I'm like, all right, I mean, don't be so happy about it. And then he played. <laughs> and he may as well not bothered. Like, it was like the worst mind games of all time. <laughs> You've just pretty much nailed every, every thought man that you've got there. Um, they are just, it's just a club that's riddled with like, toxicity. Um, Gary Neville keeps preaching on about something changing in the Leicester game, and I don't really quite understand what he's on about, but I think we, we've said for a while, Man United are like the worst attacking team ever. They're playing like they've got the greatest attacking lineup, like most expensive and all that, yet they play counter attacking football. Yeah. They're a team who can't counter attack. Again, <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's down to Ronaldo as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I, I, I won't bother going on it anymore because it's, it, it's, it's, lu- it's ludicrous. The whole thing's ludicrous. But, um, they've basically signed this one man who they all adore, but he's made them far worse. No, none will ever admit it or drop him. And if they do drop him, Solskjaer gets shit for it. So yeah. Yeah. I, like, they literally cannot win. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll still battle the terrible teams and, you know, great. But when they play against a real team like they did today, and as they do in the Champions League every week and, you know, struggle to get results, um, they're pathetic. Like they're nowhere near the top level teams. One hundred percent. Right, Simon, I'm gonna come to you because this is probably the only team that made you feel better about your weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean well, you mentioned the Champions League, uh, but you know, they got that with win midweek against Atlanta playing the United's wife. What what are you on about? Everything's great. <laughs> ah, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Like the, the whole as you say, the Ronaldo thing. I think that what, this is what sums up how bad I think a manager Solskjaer is. That signing one of the greatest players of all time and one of the best goal scorers around has made you a worse team. Now, how? <laughs> how is that possible? But it's, it's like you said, it's basically signing him, it's knackered Jaden Sancho and it's knackered their best player of the last few years and Bruno Fernandes. It's, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> But then, it, like, even though that that's obviously bad, biggest problem is their defence. One clean sheet in 22 games now. Like, they, they've got a world-class goalkeeper who this season has got himself back on form. But he must just be so depressed having, having to play a bit behind them because it, it doesn't make any sense. Because Like, Luke Shaw last season had a really good year, good Euros. Maguire, we spoke about him before. He's he's not a top top level, but but he is a good Premier League defender. Varane is a World Cup winner. I know he didn't play today, but he's been part of their defence. World Cup winner, multiple Champions League winner, and one Bissaka is you know he's, I think most people would agree that he's he's a good defensive fullback. So it kind of it seems strange that the defence is is so porous. But their, their biggest problem, I mentioned it last week with. Them should have gone into side deck and rice in the summer is because their biggest problem is, is their midfields. Like you ask why they uh, they have to play as a counter attack team when you look at the attacking talents, it's because they haven't got a midfield that they can play through. It's it's such a bang average midfield for a team the money that spent the money they spent with the title aspirations that they should be having with some of those players and that money. Um, it's just it's. I mean, it's funny to watch, don't get me wrong. <laughs> We're all loving it, but it is, it is baffling how, how, how that situation, how this has been allowed to unfold because 
they've they've been poor all season. Like that that results been coming. One of the things that Gary Neville has did get spot on recently was that he was saying, you know, this season obviously Villa beat them, Everton probably should have done, West Ham ran them close. You know, all good, decent teams. When they come up against a top, top team, they're going to get absolutely battered. And that's what happened. And Liverpool didn't even get out of second gear. Yeah, that's the, that's, for me, that's the most like telling part today. I mean, I said to you, obviously, when we were messaging earlier, Simon, like Liverpool were, were obviously, they were, they were good. They scored five goals, but they were nowhere near like the way Liverpool could play. Um, they were quite sloppy earlier on. Man United had a couple of chances. Um, they were just kind of like, oh, we had like, John, this was James Milner's like fourth game. In ten days, <laughs> still fairly comfortable. He played for ten minutes with a pulled hamstring before it. Before it finally started. <laughs> but the thing is, he didn't. He didn't even look out. Of, you know, he didn't look in trouble during that whole time. That says a lot. Like, you, what what I do feel for United in this is I feel for players like Greenwood and Rashford. You know, in in this team and it, and obviously players like the Donny Van Der Beek and, and Jaden Sancho, as you say. The, especially Sancho and uh, Van der Beek, like they were like sought after for you know, Sancho was like basically like pimped out, you know, doing whatever we want. We'll bend over, we'll bend over, do whatever you want for us. Um, <laughs> please sign for us, and then he's bringing. And they spent forty, forty-five million on Van der Beek, something, something like that. Yeah. And none of them, you know, are getting any, any looking, and they're watching, like. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Ronaldo because he's frightening, but he's not a pressing forward. He never has been. He's never played in a pressing team in his life. And then all of a sudden they think they can press. And that's why today there was so many big holes. Um, I put a picture in our chat today, obviously, for you guys, uh, for anybody listening at home. The stats on my... You would have seen it on Sky today anyway. Um, but Man United are 18th in the league for clean sheets. They're 20th in the league in tackles per game. And they're twentieth in the league for errors leading to shots. Um <laughs> like this is like we're talking about you just mentioned it, Simon. Luke Shaw was one of the best left backs in the world last year on his forum and he's great for the Euros. You've got Harry Maguire, um, England International, you've got Varane, World Cup winner, um, this superstar signing they were making, and Juan Basaka, who I think we can all agree is a terrible footballer, but we all assumed he was a you know, he was good defensively. And their stats are that bad. Like, Dave summed it up perfect when he said, if they just got anybody, just anybody who's competent, <laughs> um, this team can turn around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, if, if I was you know, one of the decision makers in that boardroom, I'd be putting out the feeders straight away to see if Pochettino, you know, fancies leaving Paris and, and coming there because they... If, if they stick with Solskjaer for the rest of the season, I was, I was going to say that they'll struggle to finish top four, but kind of because they do have some good players, they can produce moments of magic. But the, the way they've been playing all season so far would suggest that if, I think if they, if they stuck with him, they carry on the way they're going. They struggle to finish in the top four because he's just. It's so disjointed. There's just no plan whatsoever. There's no identity. The, the only thing you ever hear him say after every interview is, it's the United way. 
<laughs> what, what the fuck does that mean? I know, that's what drives me up the wall as well. You, you listen to, um, you know, even someone like a friend and Roger does an interview and you, you get a bit of an insight into how he set up and what worked, what didn't work and he, how, what he changed in the game. Solskjaer, as you say, is just always the same. I said, well, you know, it's just in the club's, the club's DNA, isn't it? I was like, <laughs> what? 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 Like, that's not a thing. You can't yeah. bring on the you can't bring on the DNA, can you? That's not how it works. <laughs> it's like the West Ham way for years. Well, yeah, I know. exactly. I all these clubs have got their three ways of playing, which seems to be just like not winning anything. That seems to be their their, um, their motto, basically. Um, yeah, he, he, he's a I don't know how you describe it. He's a Ford engine in like a, a Ferrari in terms of that's that's how I'm going to sum him up. Like he doesn't have. <laughs> He shouldn't be where he is. Like he's he's a manager who got Cardiff relegated and won the league in Norway. Like if Mick McCarthy, who is now available, having you know done a terrible job at Cardiff, he's not going to get the Man United job. No, <laughs> that's the. So I mean, like, and, and Salsal wouldn't get the Cardiff job now. <laughs> no, definitely not. This no, is no, no, like, he wouldn't. The, the worst thing to take of this, so like Man United, I think we all agree, are one of the biggest teams in the world. The Premier League's arguably the best league in the world, um, with the most money in it. With uh, he's got the second most expensive squad ever assembled, ever, ever. You think how many manager, how many managers do you reckon there are in the world? Um, and and it's a, quiz, it's a quiz question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to make it one, but I mean, there's probably about thirty thousand managers registered. Just in, in English football, you know, in all the tiers, you know, right down. And Oli Solskjaer is one of the top managers. Not he's not one. I take that back. That sounds so bad. <laughs> he's managing one of the top clubs in world football. How? Get, like genuine question. How has he managed this? Like this. Right place, right time, wasn't it? Like that's all it comes down to is that. Yeah. Sack. Somehow the thought well. Whatever Mourinho was doing wasn't good enough, so he got sacked. And uh, they needed someone who was available and knew the club. That old saying. Paul Ince's form has been engaged. Mark Hughes was in other country, so <laughs> they got Solskjaer. So he, he, he's there because Rio Ferdinand told us so confidently, Ollie's oh. up the wheel. I have to say, I did, I did laugh I did laugh at the Liverpool fans singing that today. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Outstanding. That- I seen uh, that video again today with Rio talking about like sign that contract. <laughs> I wonder how much he regrets that now. Like of all the of all the videos that he's ever done. Um, well, this, this is Rio Fernand who though said that said Rafa Benitez, if you want to buy players so much, why don't you use your own money? Like, <laughs> this is the level of intellect we're dealing with here. <laughs> Granted, right back to the the. I want to say PE teacher, but I feel that's a bit harsh on PE teacher. <laughs> yeah. Um, how long do we reckon he's got? I say, he, he seems to be Teflon. Like, yeah. how, many t- how many times yeah. have you been in the situation where they've had a bad defeat and it's like, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, said, I, I think I said uh, after the the win against Asansa in midweek that, that that'll keep him in the job for a few more months. I think I said a few weeks ago that they had a tough run and the last game before the international break is the Manchester derby and I think if they lose if they lose that and have, probably presumably lose the Spurs and Atlanta away in the meantime um, 
I think they'll sack him then. And then they've got two weeks to replace him and come up with a plan. Um, if he survives all of that, uh, I mean, he'll have a job for life. <laughs> I, I think just... he's got until they go out of Europe. I think once, mm-hmm. if he goes out of the Europe in the group stages, mm. um, I think he'll go. But if he, if he hangs on, unless somebody becomes available, like, or something's going on behind the scenes that we don't know, you know, they're speaking to somebody. Conte's available now. They clearly don't want him. That would be all. I just feel, I mean, I'm not saying Gary Neville's got inside knowledge, but I'd imagine he speaks to quite a lot of people high up, you Mm -hmm. know, as his job in Sky and obviously his his relationship with United in general. And the way he he spoke today about the the owners needing to back him and he's confident that Ole's doing the right things and he just needs to like a couple of things to change sort of thing I just feel he knows too much you know mm. like ah uh, but it's, it's like the Bruce thing all over again though he's not going to slag off his mate like this is the problem with half the people in the media that, that they've got their pals and they're not going to slag them off yeah um, I, just, I don't know I just feel he would be saying not he wouldn't be slagging them off but I just feel he would almost try to make it look like see I told you so but, well the other thing as well is that my United what do you call them um, Woodward Mm-hmm. Um, he's been on his way out for forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah I thought employed. he left. <laughs> I think he's still there, and I think presumably he'll be the one who makes the decision on who would who would come in. So whether they'd wait till he goes and then get like a total fresh start with someone new in that position as well, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it just seems like a club that's like a totally rudderless ship, doesn't it? Like, there's, I don't know who's making the decisions, but I guess that's the problem when you know the Glazers aren't really involved day to day, are they? No, no, definitely not. I think, again, I can't think Gary Neville, they were due to come over and um, hold talks or have, have, a, have a meeting with supporters' trusts and all that sort of thing. But um, oh, If I were there, I'd knock it on the head until this blows over. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's funny, like, because, I mean, they're, they're one of the most hated owners in the world by their fan base, yet they're, they're fairly backed their club. <laughs> like, yeah. so, um but look, anyway, it's for me personally, I'd give him a new contract. I think the owners need to back him more. Um, <laughs> um, he's hard done by. He's been very unlucky with injuries. <laughs> and, That's it. And when you've got, when, when you got, you got a defence that costs 200 mil and a midfield that has like, you know, 90 million Pogba, whatever Bruno Fernandes costs. I remember. Well, probably just as well. Kid will be dead. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't think Pogba wanted to come on the pitch, you know, at half time, judging by uh, his challenge. All right, chaps. Uh, yeah, Simon, I'll come to you first. Let everybody know where they can find you and anything you're working on. Uh, it's uh, on Twitter, it's at Sire Regan. And Villa fans, check out the Holtcast podcast and the website, 7500toholt.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cm9798 and the website is cm9798.co.uk. And you can find us at Man the Post on all your social media platforms. Chris and the gang will be back on Friday with extra time. Be sure to check out last week's where our very own Dave um, cheated on us for, for one week <laughs> um, and, and made an appearance. Um, we will be back next week again to talk about next weekend's fixtures. Um, but gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you at home for listening. Um, Thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring us. Remember, for 20% off and free shipping worldwide, um, use the code MOTP at manscaped.com. And always remember, keep your...
Malmö Post.